We are the premiers for 2019, folks. It's happened. The Oracle has spoken. The lounge lizard made a threat in April saying it was going to be the easiest flag ever, and he was right. It's all happening. There's miraculous calls. It was just a wonderful day all round. Uh, it is time to celebrate as a, from a podcast perspective, and we thought we have to get we have to get Justin back. He's been with us through all, the whole final series. His calls have been extremely accurate. He uh, he did go the early call and said it would be a, a six. I think you said a sixty point plus win. I think was what you said, Correct. and you tweeted it Correct. as well. And I'm not going to lie, right. when you're sitting there sort of listening to that, you get a bit you get a bit on edge. Like you want that to happen, but it's such a big call. But you backed it in. You gave reasons why it was going to happen. Yeah. And here yep. we are today. So Justin Charles, welcome back to the show, the Oracle. Yeah, great to be here. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. Um, Look, uh, introduce everybody, and then we'll come back to what I think or, or how I've been able to so accurately uh, predict these results. No drives. And before we skip away from you, also have your birthday for Saturday as well. So you had oh, a, God, you had, you had so the much. daily what double. A so. Oh, Goodness absolutely. Me, what a present. You Best could, day uh, ever. Absolutely. You couldn't ask for anything more. So right, we'll, we'll jump back to you shortly. Uh, joining us as well, who's he's been on a bit of a hiatus. He was going to join us throughout the final series, but wasn't available. Captain Blood Seventeen, how are you, mate? Very good, thank you. How are we all? Going well, thanks, mate. So it's uh, you're back from Thailand, I think it was. How was it? It was sensational, mate. Um, I got to watch the prelim in an Aussie bar in Koh Samui, and then um, me and my youngest we sat by the poolside. And listen to, uh, we death road GWS in, mate. Don't worry about that, by the pool. It was amazing. Oh, very good. Just quickly for anyone listening live, Tiger71 is about to join us. I'm tipping he doesn't know we're live yet, so he might just come out with something really random and uh, obscure, so keep an ear out for that. Um, the reason why he wasn't on to start with was because uh, he was just taking a quick shit. I'll be back in a sec. So just be mindful of what he might come out with. And it, it might have been in Geelong. He did say he was going to drive down there, so maybe maybe we're getting six seventy one live from the Cattery. Who knows? But um, no, good to have you guys on board. Um, Just calling that would be really awesome. It would be. <laughs> that would be. That would be the greatest thing ever if he actually. He's currently with Sean Griggs' house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a bit of a uh, not a strange call, but I mean, we all knew. I think we all knew Griggy was going to get. I mean, I think it is good that they go to other clubs, but Geelong of all teams, after you know what we've been through. Nah, he's forgiven. He's forgiven. He'll be back. We're just sending him in there as a mould to uh, really make sure they don't get any success for the next few years, and then we'll bring him back. But uh, CB, where were you, Grand Final? Did you go to the game? Well, I was there, my friend. So I had the I had the privilege. Um, in 2017, I was able to take my oldest son to the granny, and this year I was able to take my uh, youngest. So the boys are batting two from two. They're going okay. Um, so we were up in the nosebleeds, mate. We were literally two off the <laughs> two off the roof, and that's uh, and I'm Morris Rioli Club, mate. And I was up in the bleachers, but you know what? I could have been on top of the roof. I wouldn't have given a shit. It's the only place I wanted to be, and um, it was it was an absolute privilege and honour to watch what our um, team did to GWS on Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. Now that's really good. You got to go. Um, the boys must be pretty pumped about that. And uh, just for about to you know, it was your birthday. So what did your day entail? Yeah, it was um, uh, it was a very relaxed. Uh, I, look, I I was not nervous at all. You know, um, I was very relaxed. Um, it was just a, a relaxed party at home with friends uh, in at Casa Charles in Seabrook, and um, I, I didn't start drinking until halftime. And I thought, nah, you know, the Oracle has seen this before. 
uh, and then I started to celebrate and um, had a few too many beers. Don't remember getting to bed, um, but it was just a glorious day. And it was everything that I thought. I mean, you know, um, so first of all, it's everything the Tigers are. And, you know, right now, AFL scientifically, there's nothing that's not measured. Um, and every team is around about the same in, in what you can measure. The person that you play against, Robert Walls told me this, the person you're playing against is about the same, a little bit better, a little bit worse than you. So physically, everything is the same. The difference is what goes inside your head, and it's the intangible stuff that the Tigers have just covered on so many levels. And, you know, it's that love and care, uh, the genuine care, genuine, genuine vulnerability that, you know, it's everybody's story. It's how comfortable they make you feel within the group. Um, it's they want you to be yourself, what you bring to the team. And so that energy just multiplies and multiplies and multiplies. And when everything, when all the physical things are level, then it's these things that make the difference, right? And they are streets ahead in that area. So that was number one. Number two, you've got to look at what, what's happening on the other side of the coin and what's happened in the past. Um, I know you can't, I mean, you, you can't rely on exactly what happened, but people forget the preliminary final, you know, two years ago. You know, we filled the MCG full orders and we fucking smoked them, right? And it, it was not even close. There was the energy of the army and it was, it was like an, a 19th man on the field. And so there was that aspect. And then you've got to look at GWS's path on the way into the finals. Now, really, the eight, a final eight is the composite competition. Like, if you if you finish in the bottom of the bottom four or, or near the bottom of the bottom four, um, you've got a lot of work to do. And they had to expend a lot of energy to get to the grand final. And it was okay. The Bulldogs, when they did it in 16, they really actually finished, like, uh, like second, but only percentage sort of separated them, and they were a really good team, right? And whilst that they they hit they hit form at the right time, and you can't really compare GWS to the Bulldogs, right? GWS sort of were patchy coming in, and they had a really tough time coming. You know, they beat the Bulldogs up to get into the next game. Uh, then they they played they they had to travel and go up to Brisbane. Um, and then they had to beat up on Brisbane again. Um, and then they were really lucky against Collingwood. Collingwood mm. really lost that more than GWS won that, in my opinion. I thought Grundy was dominant in that in that game, and they just couldn't capitalise on on that on that dominance. And they sort of expended a lot of energy. And then we saw after the game, they celebrated like it was a grand final. And I don't give a fuck what anyone says. When you expend that amount of emotional energy on one game, it's very hard to come back up. And, uh, you know, I think um, Bob Murphy said on SEN that, uh, you know, that's not really a factor these days. That's not how the game's played. Well, Bob, it fucking is. I'm telling you it is. It doesn't matter what era you played. If you, if you expend that much emotional energy to get into the grand final, it takes its toll. And, then, and that's what we saw. So all those factors sort of combined in for me to give me that uh, that that figure, and and that's exactly how it played out. It was just a, a perfect storm, just kept all rolling into one, and it was uh, a perfect storm. Yes. Yeah, 
That's but right. We, it was I mean, a perfect this... storm. It was a, that's exactly what. That's exactly right. It was the perfect <laughs> storm, and nothing could stop it. And the boys are on purpose. So. And we still had to play well in the day, which we obviously did. So, and that was the important part. But no, it was just fascinating sitting back, watching all it unfold, and then hearing your sort of reasoning the week before and it, it all just kind of all married up which is yeah it was brilliant now, i'm sure we'll touch on a bit more of that um, a bit later on the uh tiger 71 you're here mate you've made it welcome to the show yes sorry technical <laughs> difficulties um the traffic from geelong was a fucking nightmare so <laughs> i didn't want to let the you know the listeners down you know what i mean i haven't even washed my hands brothers i've i've just straight away gone out there i'm still put, struggling to put my pants up it was awesome, though. I'm what not even it? sure. Did you actually hear what I said before you... I don't think you would have heard, but I said... <laughs> we actually joked, because I said that you said you were taking a quick shit, and I thought, oh, maybe he's gone down the Geelong. Maybe he's going to come in live from the cattery. And then he <laughs> rolled out that one. Here I, here I am, mate. Yeah, no, you're a psychic. You're a psychic, <laughs> uh, Michaels. But yeah, it was tough of fun. Got videos. Uploading it. Sorry, Grox. Oh, no, we've got to cap- Grok's not on tonight. We've got Captain Blood and Justin tonight. Oh, CB, have you oiled your chair, you old... No, I haven't, mate. I haven't. But, but mate, I just want to know... Um, yes. Actually, I've lost my train of thought. You boys have just sort of... You, Steve. <laughs> uh, let me get you back on track. It's I, I've got you. No, no, I've got, I've got back, back. So, mate, how was Maui by the sea? It was wonderful, mate. It was wonderful. <laughs> I, a lot of... um, It was the sort of environment that straight away you came to mind, mate. Yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate yeah, that. <laughs> b- before we push on any further, I do want to give a special shout-out to Brendan Fisher's dad. So Brendan uh, listens yeah. to us on Twitter, and he sent us a tweet last week that his, uh, his dad's been in hospital recovering from a brain injury, and he was listening to the podcast with his dad, and his dad had a smile from ear to ear, uh, listening to you blokes talk talk up the Tigers' chances of winning the flag. So um, I've shout-out to Brendan's dad, and hopefully uh, you're going well, mate, and the Tigers won for you, so... Hopefully you enjoyed this episode and gave a few laughs as well. So shout out to uh, to Brennan and, and his dad. It's tweets like that that make it worthwhile, isn't it, though, really? I mean, I know we all have a bit of a laugh and it. it's all about footy, but to, to make someone's night and to put a smile on their face is what it's all about. Uh, Stet said awesome. And, and 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 Mr. Fisher, mate, when I was unloading in the um, – that I can't even pronounce their ground. I actually did a smiley face just for you, bud. So – um. <laughs> I'm not sure that's a special request that you want attributed to your name, but, uh, well, he's got it nonetheless. There you go. No, that tweet, like, I showed that to my wife, and, yeah, she goes, yeah, that's worthwhile. So she doesn't mind me doing this stuff now. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, it's a really nice tweet, and um, hopefully all the live listeners out there are going to enjoy the rest of tonight's show. We'll, uh, we'll keep pushing on with the grand final. I just want to go through some stats quickly. Obviously, we played in front of 100,014 people, which I thought was a brilliant effort given we're playing the Giants who might have had the best part of, well, let's say maybe seven to 10,000 there. So well done to the Tiger Army for turning out in force. 89-point win. Uh, now, statistically, this has been the most dominant grand final win in VFL-AFL history. Um, and I stumbled across this today, and it's a fascinating read. So the win we had based on the scoreline of the 17 12 114 defeated the giants 37 25 gives us a percentage of 456 for that game which is the highest in history which is well above the geelong versus port game where the cats percentage would have been 370.5 so i just think it um, it adds a bit more weight to the premiership when you it's all good and well to score but to restrict their ability to score as well is something we've been exceptional at for a long time now um and then when you still got people trying to discredit the premierships and things like that, I find it very hard for them to to defend that those kind of comments when you th- hear stats like that, Justin. Um, yeah, Chris. Look, 
to me, and I've I've try I'm I'm taking a leaf out of our Tiger's book and and Dimmer's book and trying to be a better man and and um, just filter out that just garbage uh, and just like it, it, people that want to shit can the Tigers, there's something wrong with that person. Um, if you can't if you can't sit back objectively and watch what our Tigers are doing currently, then you know nothing of the game and you'll never go forward. Um, I think right now that they're so far ahead. And, I mean, look, the hyperbole can be because we've won and and we're on top of the world and, you know, you've got to come and get us. But really, I I think the league or the rest of the league are so far off what's actually making this tick because they're, they're going for the measurables. They're trying to work out every time a team comes out and tries and works out what we're doing tactically, you know, we still end up winning by an average of 36 points, right? And, and and that's that's the thing. I mean, you, you can shit can all you like, but the resilience of the group and the ability to have 40 players on a list all up and about and all contributing, uh, have injuries, be able to cover it, you know, the game plan is kind of secondary to, to, the, to the intangible stuff. And the, the clubs are, I, I think Collingwood are the closest to cracking it. I think, you know, Nathan Buckley's a real winner. Um, he's a winner of a person, and I think he's probably the closest to cracking it. And I, I actually predict, the Oracle is speaking now, <laughs> I actually predict in the, next, in the next decade that Collingwood and Richmond are going to play like five or six epic grand finals, you know, going forward. And I think, you know, I think we'll wax and wane between those guys at the top um, because I think they're very close. Uh, and I think that's going to raise us to new levels as well. So that's just how I see it's funny you mentioned Collingwood as the comparison. I was talking to my boss at work today. He's a mad Collingwood supporter. He's been to a lot of the Collingwood Best and Fairest functions and all the other stuff that they do. Um, and he actually got invited to go to our Best and Fairest last night. And I was talking to him today and he just said, I've never seen anything like it with the way all of your players spoke from VFL to AFL mm. about the culture, about how much they love the club, about how much they love Hardwick. He goes, I've just... I, I can't say I've ever seen anything like that before any of these other functions I've, I've been to for other clubs. So whatever they're mm. doing down at Richmond's got complete buying, and it, it is just interesting that if you sort of think Collingwood are next best placed. And I think we kind of saw that from how their game plan evolved. And um, I know it, it felt like Buckley read Conrad Marshall's book, to be perfectly honest. They pretty much right. started copying right. everything. Which And why wouldn't you? It was successful. So why, why wouldn't you try and... You? Yeah, it's yeah, it's, a com- it's a compliment the, essentially. The yeah, it is, and they, they're actually missing the they're ma- they're missing the key element, right? Which is the soul and the and the and the and the reason why. You know, you can you can talk. Oh, I love the club. I love the culture. But why do you love it? You know, yeah. and and what connects you to everybody else? And what, you know, it's the why that's missing. You can't manufacture and also, it either. I, I, yeah, that's right. And and I actually think they're a couple of draft cycles away, because once they work out once they work out that we draft specifically to the game plan that we want, right? So we want runners, we want speed and endurance, right? That's number one. You've got to be athletic. That's how they define athletic. And then secondly, character. You know, and and that's the that's the key element, that character element, because when you throw that. You know, kids that are athletic of good character, um, that's where the resilience, you know, comes in. And, and then all the stuff that you're trying to teach, they, they sort of are able to grasp. They've got the capacity and the emotional maturity to actually grasp that. If you don't have that, 
then what you get is guys gambling on footy, um, you know, playing basketball when they're injured, um, you know, taking cocaine, you know, like all this shit that goes on and it just deflects attention from the from the actual goal. When was the last time you saw a negative story about a tiger in the paper? Like, tell me, can you actually remember when the last time something negative about a tiger was in the paper? You can't. You can't say... Yeah, but even that, like that was, and and that was out of season, though. Yep. Right. It was completely out of season, and and that, that to me was, yeah, yeah, they got caught out. Yep. But it was out of season, and um, and it didn't affect, and and hasn't that just blown over? Like, hasn't that that just hasn't sort of even been a it's it's just a tiny blip on the radar but it didn't affect the season it was like you're celebrating a premiership and you've got two weeks you've got two weeks uh what's the word um amnesty <laughs> you know to fuck up and if anything happens in that you know like you sort of get a bit of a leave pass so i'll, I'll put that up but other than that it's probably dusty in the chopstick episode yeah right it so it's just it's you know so they just keep a clean slate um you know, there's no negative press. The, the the coaches give you nothing to angle on. All it is is positivity and, and psychologically speaking, um, you know, anywhere, any place, any time, anyone, um, you know, and they're just not pissing and, mo- you know, they'd give you nothing to angle on. We, we give credit where credit's due to the opposition. Um, you know, the guys come out, all they do is just they keep play a straight bat. You know, it's... You know, and that's what happens when you when you pick players of high character. So, speaking, speaking um, Justin, of picking players, I, I found something. Obviously, we've been all been basking in the glory of being two time premierships in the last three years. But funny stat: out of the twenty fastest players in the league, we have eleven of them. Right. And out of the twenty, a uh, out of the endurance athletes in the AFL, we have fourteen of them. Wow. Okay. So there you we, go. What, yeah, we told you that. Well, why that's are you surprised? Right. At that? Well, no, no, that, that just that just reinforces your point. That's what I'm trying to do here. It's yeah, yeah. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Not just athletes, but fucking freaks. We've got obviously two. We've got our weapon is our run and work rate, right? If you combine right, them right. into that's that's our um and speed. and speed. Yeah. So you know that that gives us. That's why I don't want to take us off tangent a little bit, but um, that's why with Ellis now going to um Gold Coast Suns. It frees us up, obviously, to bring a younger kid through that's now had, you know, how great is it? We've got the luxury of having Nation, Menadju and Oleg, you know, two years solid in the VFL, playing our brand um, without being pressured to go into the seniors. Now they can get a proper um, crack at it. But um, on your Collingwood, the worry I have with Collingwood, and I get what you're saying, and I partially agree with most of it, it's just hearing Buckley talk after the preliminary final loss, I think... He realises, see, where they're different from us, they're top-tier quality. So Pendles is another a year older, though he's a legend of the game. He's an absolute star, but he's another year older. Sidebottom, another year older. You've got Trelaw. He, um, he's lost his burst since he's done his hamstrings, right? Um, you, Trelaw, two premierships. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, you've uh, <laughs> weak the list. Um, and then they've got, they've got Darn and Wells, and there are other keys like Moore can't play consistent games. So I think Buckley realises, I've got a really good mate of mine, Rocco. Shout out to you, Rocco. You'll be listening. Collingwood fanatic. Um, 
He's concerned, and he's gone at every Collingwood game because if they don't see, they've hamstrung themselves because they've gone beams who might never play again. If the rumours are true, they can't trade a first round um, draft pick. They've got no first round this this period. They've got Grundy wanting to leave next year. Um, Grundy goes there screwed. Um, that's why I've mentioned Collingwood not just to have a pot of them, even though it's great. Um, it reinforces how our list management, we're not dependent on one player anymore. Like, I seriously believe we could have Lynch, um, knock on wood, not play 12 games, and we will still win just the same amount of games. We're, we're a complete system-based side, and no other side, even like your West Coast and your Collingwoods and your, your top end sides, are close to us. That's mm. that's what I took out of it. You know, the grand final, I'm there watching them. I'm... I have to admit, by halftime, I just completely switched off. I was that drunk, and I was just enjoying hugging random people, and it was fantastic. I lifted so many fat blokes. It was fucking amazing. Um, <laughs> but um, in the air, but watching our back line, they, they're literally like a soccer team. They, they're a team within a team. They, they have two outliers, and then they have a core four, and then they have a two, two guys at the back. And generally what happens is, as the ball starts to move, if it's moving on an angle, they'll shift angrily, ignore whoever they're on. They'll just shift as a group, and it's like a fucking synchronised dance. And then as the ball presses like an invisible line halfway through the 50, the two at the front will peel forward into the contest, and the, and the, and the, the, the four group that they keep in the centre, two of them will peel and replace that, um, the two that – I'm not explaining this right, but the two that have left. Um, so they never lose their shape, and if it really gets to a point where it's getting congested in our, say – just about to encroach in our forward 50, but there's a contest. Um, some cases, that's how Grimes is always the last one standing because they'll just roll up. So, and, it, and they just couldn't the get through. The key what you said there is shape. The key what yeah, you said there is shape. Sorry? The, the key what you said there is they keep their shape. You know, yeah. like the... the, the because it is a because it is a shape, and and just further to your point before that you said there, Tiger seventy one is, is that. What I said was that Collingwood are the closest to us, but they're a couple of draft cycles away from it. They need yeah. to cycle through um, and, and use a different philosophy on how they've been picking guys, um, and, and then I think they'll be okay because they, they missed they missed an opportunity this time round, and I think it's going to take them a couple of draft cycles, but, I mean, they're, the, they're probably the closest to it. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, no, no, I understand where you're coming from, but, you know, I just can't get back to the fact we're fucking premiers. Like, seriously. <laughs> yeah, After all the, the fucking haters, all the experts, like David King sucked my balls, you know what I mean, especially <laughs> you. Mike Sheehan. <clears throat> You can lick my asshole. You're just a bunch of – so many flogs in footy, right, to seriously get paid um, mega dollars and they know absolute shit. And I've got a little cry. Um, I'm waiting till Jared Wheatley's back on the fucking radio. <coughs> for, for those don't know, I'm, I'm um, uh, Mick from Roxford Park, SEN, right? I'll come out of the closet, right? That's who I am. In 1996, David Swartz and um, who's that golfer? Um, Mark Allen. Mark Allen. Yeah. Marco. Yeah. Everyone was giving us the shits, right? After we, you know, had a shit year. Everyone. Um, and I got proof on this because I got this. I, my wife recorded it for me. Um, I got into their radio station and I said to them, <laughs> "I said, boys, even our board was fucking losing it. Our board sacked Hardwick and blah blah." But I said to everyone, "It's a correction year." I said, "I can guarantee you something about it. It's a correction year for me." And then. Um, on um, when we lost Rance this year, Wheatley already had jumped off, and I gave him a serve. I said, mate, you had all this faith in us, and now you've jumped off. Let me mark my words. By round 17, 18, we'll be back into the top four, and we'll win the flag. 
I said, mark my words. So, um, yeah, they fucking just love the club. Just just love the club. <laughs> can, can, CB, can I just say, oh, can I just say, I reckon I wasn't the only bloke who was disappointed to switch that radio on at 9 o'clock on Monday morning to listen to that sanctimonious prick. Yeah. And he wasn't on that, that trade radio one, and I was like, no! Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I wanted to give it world. to him. I wanted to give it to him, mate. Uh, next shit run I'm going to do is going to do Fox Footy 360 headquarters, mate. The funny thing with Waitley is I was listening to Trade Radio on the Monday, and Waitley and Kingy were on doing the morning show, and before all the trade stuff started, they were actually going through the grand final quarter by quarter, and they were heaping praise on us, patting everyone on the back, and it's like, hang on a sec. You blokes have been trying to kick us while we're down the whole year. Kingy every week's writing a new article about how to dismantle Richmond, how to stop Dusty. Then he kicks six against the Lions. It's like, come on, give us a break. At least get people on there who actually love the club and um, talk them up. But, yeah, it's always going to be the same shit, isn't it, every year. But, uh, CB, I, I know you love your stats. And the one stat that I re- I've really enjoyed hearing about is Jack Rewalt becoming the second player in history to kick a higher score individually than the opposing team's total. Yeah. Quite a nice <laughs> ring to it, doesn't it? Well, oh. We actually, there was two blokes. Didn't we have two players that outscored him? No, Did I Dusty think Dusty well? just Did. fell short. Oh, I wish we, we should sack that freaking trading for two draft picks. That's terrible. <laughs> Castagna had a kick straight. Jesus. Oh, oh. Castagna, oh. yeah. Actually, can we, oh. can we just go on to this? Can we just go on to Jason Castagna? Oh, he I love it. An, he yeah. played an exceptional game. And anyone he actually did. He did. Five points. He tore, he tore GWS a new asshole on the MCG on Saturday. He broke the, the lines really well. The he could do was execute that last bloody kick. Which he is now... He actually cost himself a Norm Smith. I mean, he's, well, actually he now, he's actually now put himself in the history books, though, as the second most inaccurate grand final player of all time. So he but, did have a really good game, but yeah, he just Michaels, needed that goal. Michael's important to mention, um, remember the thread about Castagna and everyone was giving him the fucking, you know, get rid of him, he's a hack... And it was this year, too, when they were all doing it, right? And I got in, and I did a post, and you liked it, right? I always always remember my post that you like, because, you know, you're so fucking special to me in my heart. You liked it. And what I said there was, George Costanza is our chaos player. He is is so important to our side. He, 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 by the nature of his chaos, because you can tell he's made a decision when he's got the ball, halfway he's run four steps and he's changed his mind, then he's changed his mind again. And that just works with us. And everyone that um, disagreed with that and said, oh, how shit was it? He sparked us in the first yep. quarter and second, in the beginning of the second quarter, the way he broke the angles as soon as he got the ball, yeah. threw their defence out um, and created so many opportunities for all of us. He just got to learn a fucking handball. Just, Georgie, if you listen, mate, you're not KB, son. Right? You're not KB. So handball the fucking thing. If Castagna actually ties into what you guys are talking about earlier, he is that exact, exact football that is he's an endurance animal. He's quick. He's got all the attributes of that Richmond man out in that field. He's a bloody hard matchup. He can take a good overhead grab. He's got he's got everything. He can ta- He's a really good tackler. You know, he's a perfect Richmond player uh, in, in this current time. And and you know something. This is and this is really interesting, right? So, and and this is what it's all about. It's how it's it's what it's how you play, and you've got to like Richmond have a different template on how they measure, and and they have a different emphasis on different statistics. And so, Castagna at any other team probably doesn't play, right? Yeah. But within our team, he's like very top ten valuable, right? Because of 
the attributes that he brings. But those attributes, because the other teams aren't playing that style of game, um, he he doesn't get a game. And his like I'm hypercritical about his his finishing, like his goal kicking, because you're a small forward, and and that's got to be part of your you know that's got to be part of it. But in our game, that's that's almost tertiary to the primary goal of putting pressure on speed endurance and that motherfucker he is electric like that when he grabbed that ball and he he took and he was being chased and he took a bounce man there's no more arrogance than like there is no more arrogance to be able to being being chased and you're taking a bounce right and well, he took he did it twice me, justin it was in the back half yeah. as well yeah, yeah. yeah. and and, and, and so right and so and so that what what he brings to our team and look if if he was able to finish better um all of a sudden he becomes elite he becomes he becomes like brownlow metal or or you know best and fairest material because he, he would kick 30 to 40 goals a year just because of the amount of shots that he takes and that he and easy shot how many easy shots does he miss I don't know. Yeah. I can't tell you what he what he kicked for the year, but he missed at least as many as he kicked. Yeah, it's just because he, be a 50 he, goal a year forward. he just outworks his opponent time after time and gets himself into the right spots. And like you guys said, he's a strong marker as well, and very very good player. And yeah, if he gets that goal kicking right, he, yeah, he's going to cause some serious headaches. Um, the other bloke that actually created history on the weekend is none other than Dustin Martin, becoming the first oh. player in AFL history to have two premierships, two Norm Smiths, and a Brownlow medal to their name. What a special player. I mean, I know the first half of his year was a little bit quiet, but he built into this final series really, really well, uh, and he just took it by the balls and ripped it, ripped the GWS heart out of them. Just on George, mm-hmm. he was our third um, um, third highest goal kicker on 27, but with 28 points. Yeah, so he, he, he go, did a right for the year. So he could have I, I, look. He, the, the shots that he missed weren't; they were not ungettable. And let, let's just say he goes at sixty percent, right? I mean, that's an incredible year. That's like forty goals. Of, you know, yeah. give or take. He, he had the season to kick forty goals. What small forward in the game has kicked forty goals? Yeah, exactly. And he had yeah. actually more scoring shots at goals than Dustin Martin. Yeah, that, just Martin's accuracy um, just beat him by five goals. But, yeah, no, you're spot on. I, I love Georgie. I love Georgie. I love Dusty. Oh, I, love I, love, I love them all. Yeah, Get him up here. I was thinking of you, mate. I was thinking of you, um, best and fairest night. You and me went into bat for Dan Rioli, yeah? We said because of his work rate and, and, and he was a defensive half forward this year. He was playing way up the ground, applying pressure, um, blocking space, so sometimes not even getting a possession. Um, and um, he, it was good in a best of fair and nice. He got recognised for it. Yep. Absolute start. He had a really good grand final too. That was probably the cleanest I've seen right. him from a skill perspective for a number of weeks. There was no fumbles. He was hitting his targets. Uh, the pressure was really good as well. So I thought Dan had a, had a really good game. He kicked that clutch goal as well. How nice was that one? Top of the 50, was just cool. on a straight oh, quarter time. He's passed the Cochin, though. He's passed the Cochin, and Cochin's great goal. That was just... My, my favourite was, awesome. was when he, when he um, laced out Lynch in the oh, second quarter. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely laced yeah, him. That yeah. was the top. As a forward, that's the ball you want. You did that. No, no one's stopping that. That was a perfect hit. It was beautiful. 
want to talk about yeah. some key moments of the game. I'm sure you guys will have your own as well outside of these. Uh, Justin, I remember we spoke about the fact that Mumford was a bit all talk and the, the pressure and the heat he was going to bring to the game. Then you see our captain, Trent Cochin, just wrap his arms around this big beast and just drive him into the turf. Him and Prestia pile on, give away the free kick. I think that was a deliberate free kick to give away just to, to show, hey, we're here to play, don't mess around with this. How, how inspirational of a moment is that as a player? When you're on the ground, you see a teammate do that. How much of a lift does that give? Well, it's enormous, Chris, and and I'll go I'll... I'll go a step further and say that this is what makes Trent Cotchin the leader that he is, that he, he, you know, uh, let's not ask anyone to do what I'm not prepared to do myself. And um, he's, like, he's had some of the most impactful tackles this final series. Um, that one at Geelong after half time, you know, when we needed to get back into the game and yep. he just threw himself like a, like a bullet. He was um, Reece Stanley, and another Ruckman. That's right, that's right, Reece Stanley, and just fucking nailed him, like just nailed him and drilled him into the ground. It was more than a tackle, you know what I mean? It was a, it was a tackle that drew a free kick, and we got a goal out of it. I think Lynch ended up having a shot and kicking the goal within a minute, under a minute of the third quarter. Um, but it was the intent and the ferocity of that tackle, um, and then he's come out and just fucking drilled mummy like. But he's got to be given away 20 kilos and he's just driven him into the ground. And then for Prestia and him to go his face and, you know, really work his face and really give him some and, yep, give away a free kick. And you wear that every single time. But, you know, that I, I don't know if you saw the tweet, you know, people were asking me about, you know, mummy saying he's going to bring the heat and he's going to fucking bodies a fly and all that shit. And I said, you know, that's all just shit talk because they're clutching at straws. You know, they're, that that will not happen. It will not happen. Uh, it's all these threats. And, and this group, the group that we have right now, just don't fall for that shit. And, and it was like, it, it was a statement and there was no better person to actually uh, present that statement with authority. And I, I just thought that's what makes Trent Cochin. And, and it was a statement on, on how the sort of year Prestia had. It, it's not just a skillful, powerful running you know, creative role. He's also done what's required for the team as well. So, enormous moment. And CB, what about, uh, you always want your big power forwards up and about early on. And within the first few minutes, big Tom Lynch, strong lead, big mark early on in the game. Uh, that, that also is another one for me that sets the tone. If your big forwards are clunk and grabs early, and Jack clunked one as well that wasn't paid uh, 50 out. But oh. How good <laughs> to see those two boys up and about with strong grabs early? Oh, and, and it's critical too for your confidence to, to get your hands on the pill early. Like any football, yeah, you want that ball in your hands. But uh, Rewat was – when he when he got paid, it was a mark to us. Right? I think Razor's the only dickhead that didn't see his mark in the whole ground. Um, but for fuck's sake, Razor. <laughs> As Dusty would say. They were, they, they, were, um, they were just on, and that was important for, for – I mean, Lynch, Lynch has had it. He's had a great back half of the year. But Jack was – I'll give Kane Corns his fun, even though I tweeted him about it straight after the game. Um, he was a little bit down the game previous, but he just looked on, didn't he? From that he first did. 30 seconds when he gloved it, you're thinking, here we go, good luck stopping him today. And and I guess the other thing was uh, Phil Davis was clearly not right, which played into our hands as well, which was fantastic. So whoever cleared him, thank you, GWS, because they were playing with 17 blokes on the field and, 
against two um, power forwards like Ray Walton and Lynch, you're just asking for trouble. And um, they, they certainly got trouble. It was great. And TIG71, um, one of the big players, I, was, I watched the highlight of it again before, Shane Edwards, the bump he got oh, Hopper Jesus. with that just dropped him yeah. to his knees. Seriously, Edwards was a man possessed on Saturday. He was just oh, he attacking did. everyone and everything, and that bump was yeah. just crisp. I'm glad you said that. That's what I was about to say. He was he was actually hitting blokes um, fairly, mind you, but he was actually putting a fair bit of aggression on. Um, obviously, because, you know, um, GWS is a fully contested side, you know, and their clearances are sort of key for them to generate a score, and he was just smacking in. It was brilliant. But my favourite moment of the game, and it's in the stands, I have to share this story. Um, I'm sitting, I was lucky enough to go to the grand final, and I'm, and I'm with my, um, my cousins. And we're sitting up um, out in the bleachers, and I noticed this family of four come across. It was a brother, um, the dad. You could tell they're brothers. They looked exactly the same. And their daughter and their son. And they've all got their Collingwood kit on. Right. Well, this is going to be no, this is true story. This is a true story. This is a true story, right? Um, so the little boy sits next to me. He would have been around about eight, nine. The daughter would have been around about thirteen. I'm just painting you guys a mental image, right? And the two boy, um, the two men were about forty, forty-five, my age, you know. And I shook hands with all four of them. They're right next to us, and said, "Look, if I get a bit too loud, just tap me on the shoulder, and let me know." So I was conscious I had the kids with me, and I said to them, "Why are you in your Collingwood kit? Why are you here?" They, and the, and the, the dad. Um, he's like, oh, no, we're going for GWS. I said, all right, we'll have fun. Anyway, the son's beside me. So first quarter, he's all GWS, and I'm getting to work. By the end of the third quarter, he's up there cheering with me for Richmond winning. <laughs> the dad got that salty about it. Halfway through, I think five minutes into the fourth, he got all the family, and they fucked off. <laughs> to that little boy, I'm sorry I didn't get to high-five you at the end of the game, mate, because you, you, you saw a good team play, and... Um, no, he was. Yeah, I laughed. We, I just got him involved with it, and well, you know, I was. Yeah, he was. He was loving it. Um, but it's funny. It's uh, this when you mentioned the supporters. I saw so many rival neutrals um, tr- doing this fake feeling for GWS, and I said to I said to um, one of my mates, I said, "This is the beauty of being hated. This is this is reminds me of in our heyday where um, all of Vic um, don't want us to succeed." And that, for me, shows me that we're getting there. You know what I mean? We're getting there as a club. So it's brilliant. It was a brilliant day. And, Justin, the other player I want to mention, and Marlon Pickett, the the blind turn oh. out of the middle of the ground and the hit-up pass to Castagna. It's such a shame he missed that shot. But his goal as well, uh, it was just one of... It was just a complete performance, wasn't it? I mean, we were all a little bit sceptical about will he play, won't he play, is it risky? But when you sort of weighed everything up, um, it actually made the most sense to play him ahead of the other two guys based on positional reasons, uh, skill reasons, and things like that, and form. What a, a magnificent story to make your debut on the biggest stage. Literally nothing phases that bloke. Yeah. Um, it's so Richmond, too. Um, I didn't have him in the team. I, I thought, and, and I was thinking um, along the lines of too big a risk to have someone debut. But this Richmond uh, recruiting staff and coaching staff are just so in tune. Um, they recruited the guy because he's a big game performer, right? And and so if you're going to recruit a guy like that, um, it's almost the reverse of what the Bulldogs did back when they got Jason Akamanis, right? They got Jason Akamanis as a, you know, what they were lacking was a finisher, um, someone that didn't need a lot of possessions but could score a lot of goals, big game experience. 
And they ended up not using that weapon because they castigated him and they made him wrong for personality reasons. And they didn't get to fire the weapon that they actually recruited him for, right? Um, well, we did the opposite to that. We we recruited a big game player that gave us versatility and and uh, and and composure. And how fuck me, how smooth. Uh, you know, he's he a special player. Um, yeah. For him to for him to do what he did, every possession was um, really penetrating. And I've got to say. That goal, when, when he passed off, when he made that beautiful pass to Dusty, and Dusty took his time, and he was he was he was delaying, delaying, you know, he, he threw some grass up in the air, uh, took his full thirty seconds, and then passed it off when Pickett got into possession uh, position. I'm going to say that's that just that right there typifies Richmond and why we're so hard to beat. You know, when you've got guys looking out for each other like that, and um, you know, just adding to the story like that, uh, and and wasn't it when he kicked the, when Pickett kicked that goal? What about that? Like the noise was just phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, you guys that were at the ground, you could probably. I mean, it was it just was... a fairy tale, and and didn't the guys celebrate with him? It was just a, it was just a, a another chapter in the film. It was great. I, I spilled two beers when that happened. It was probably um, the loudest roar for the whole game, wasn't it? Oh, it was, it was funny because at the start of the game, remember they had the Virgin Airline people out there trying to break that decibel record by manufactured noise. If they had have had yeah. that thing running for when Pickett kicked that goal, would have broken it. Like, can we talk just... about noise? For... Can we just talk about noise for a second and just say uh, a big fuck you to David Kosh? Right? <laughs> seriously, oh, Koshy, go fuck yourself, mate. Like seriously, take it, take take a lie down, grab your Valium. And just have a sleep because if you seriously think just because the the screen was doing the tiger roar every time we kicked one of our seventeen goals, it somehow created an unfair advantage against GWS. I didn't even hear it. Every I goal we either. kicked, I was sitting next to the scoreboard and didn't hear it. And he was at the game. He knew that. Um, he just oh, it's just he's just a turd. That's why I'm so wrapped with playing the grand final at the MCG for 50 years. You flogs, you're going to just have to grin and bear it and complain on big footy every fucking year about Vic Bias taking up your clacker. Cause that was bullshit for him to come out and say that today. Absolute bullshit. Anyway, it would, I've had it, would, it would help if you're in his position to actually be accurate in what you say before you open your big stupid fucking mouth. Oh. And, uh, like the, even the commentary on the jumpers, like, you know, yeah, he, good, he the ladder positions, right? Like yep. how, just, just dumb. Just really, really dumb on his behalf. What did he say so, about the jumpers? Well, he said he said they're talking about they're talking about GWS's jumpers, um, and he said that it was wrong that GWS got forced to wear the away jumper when they finished oh, higher on the ladder than us. He's a fucking dickhead. We finished <laughs> higher. Yeah, we know. We know that. He's <laughs> a fucking. It's the water down there. Seriously, it's the water down there. It's the. And then he has to go back to Sydney. So he's a double flog, Sydney as well as Adelaide. <laughs> I swear to God, you know, it's the only state when it kills people, they put them in freezers. You know what I mean? Adelaide, they're strange. <laughs> well, no, he's, a knob end. he's a knob end. He should be in the position he's in. He's got, and that's why his team's shit too. Yeah. The fish thinks from the head down. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They're in all sorts of trouble. Uh, before I want to talk about a few more players. I want to try and make sure we sort of touch base on each player. Uh, I do want to put out an apology though, for this not happening on Monday night. Um, Charlesy kind of, uh, he, he 
he threw a barb at me on, on Twitter. Bus, he threw me under the bus. I'm not going to lie. That was all right. <laughs> it was it was my fault. I actually almost didn't go to the grand final. As of Friday night, I wasn't going. I'd come down with a gastro or food poisoning or something like that on Wednesday night, Thursday morning. And um, I wasn't confident that I could get through an episode without having to go to the toilet if I did on the Monday. So that I'll do, oh. we'll do it on the Wednesday and make sure that uh, we can get through however long this takes. So that, that's why we're... Why didn't you tell me? I would have taken you to Geelong. Yeah, I know. just wasted all that <laughs> just, good stuff. Just sprayed the town at Brown. It would have been epic. Oh, you would have been like a spray can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just bent you over and just let just it out the Just out the car window going down the main street or something. Oh, <laughs> oh. what a missed opportunity. Michaels, I'll tell you how weak you are, mate. I've been <laughs> over in bloody Costa Mui eating labelled... Now, they were labelled pork, chicken and beef street kebabs. But I'm pretty sure it's just assorted meats in commas, mate. And I come back and my stomach was fine. Your week is pissed. Mine was just from an Aussie pizza. That's how, that's how bad I'm going. <laughs> but anyway, that's why we're doing it on a Wednesday night. But that's better late than never. Uh, Nick Vloston, a little bit oh. of an unsung hero. Uh, from Maybe not so much from Mitchum people, because I think we all know and love and love what he does. But 20 to, 22 disposals, 12 marks. And even though some of them are chipping it around, he still has to rack them up. Three tackles and 570 metres gained. Just what a sensational play to have in your team. He just works his ass off. Doesn't matter what size the bloke is in front of him. He'll, nine times out of ten, either A, mark it or B, spoil it over the boundary. He's just a class act. Is, is, it, just me, is, it, is it just me that thinks it's absolutely criminal that he hasn't been All-Australian yet? No, not just you, ma'am. It's fucking corrupt. That's what it is. Seriously. He's just a competitor. He's the barometer of the back line. That's what Grimes yeah. has been great. I mean, but, look, in fairness, in fairness, you could the All Australian backline could be, and, and this isn't. I mean, you know, you've got to be very careful sometimes about. You know, I mean, we we talk our team up, but I mean, seriously, our our backline could be seriously the All Australian backline. Oh, easy. So well, probably best backline yeah. in the league, wasn't it? If you include finals in points conceded, or particularly after the bye. No one came yep. close. Oh, they were stingy, yeah. real stingy. But six, that's, uh, six goals in six goals in six quarters of footy or something. What was that stat that got bandied out? I'm not too sure, but I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, especially from the second halves onwards of games, just nothing was getting through. And I, I know we kind of rely on a team defence. I don't want to take anything away from the pressure the mids apply and the forwards when they get up the ground. But uh, Vlosten is just such a key pillar of that of that back line and. Uh, he was rewarded as well, obviously, in the, the Jack Dye medal, which we'll get to later as well. But he had a, an, an amazing game, and so did Dave Asprey. I mean, when you hear after the game the stat come out that his direct opponents didn't get a touch in a grand final, and he's playing on big oh. guys, um, that's just yeah. another incredible Talk effort. about unsung. I think he's more unsung than Vlosten. I mean, he just flies under the radar. Him and Brody, you know, always just competing, punching the ball, mate, taking big marks. Sometimes... Sometimes when you're watching the game uh, and it's down the other end, you know, when you're live at the game and you see the big hands go up, you know, you don't know whether it's Grimes or Asprey, you know. Um, very similar when they get their arms up there and the way they judge the footy and are able to take those marks is just phenomenal. I just want to say this one thing. Jeremy, that Finlayson, that prick, I yeah. had an eight-leg multi, I had an eight-leg multi, <laughs> 10 bucks. Worth a thousand bucks if it got up, and I had Finlayson down as an anytime goal scorer. All that Pufter had to do was knock one through the sticks. I had <laughs> didn't touch bucks it in the account, and that prick didn't even touch the pill. <laughs> so I'm fairly savage on him. Um, gamble that's... responsibly, listeners. Gamble responsibly. <laughs> yep. 
that's that's brilliant. But it was uh, justice, mate. Mason went to fucking potty mouth after their win against um after their win against um uh, Collingwood. He started winning on the brag, and I just want to give a um everyone's talking about Canelio. I just want to say thank you, mate. Yeah, very wise of you to get on national TV on a Wednesday at training, drinking your water bottle and saying, "Hey, you're going to win this." That was when I heard that. I thought, oh, we're not going to lose." Nah, we won't lose. Yeah, it's funny how the mind games work. The, the other mind game I want to make mention of, and maybe I'm reading too much into this, but before the game when they had uh, Maureen Hafey and Sheedy out in the ground, presented them the Ooh. cup and they're standing next oh. to it, and they both had their hands Ooh. on the cup, Maureen stared Sheedy down and didn't let go of that cup until he let go of it first. Kind of similar to what She's Koch up. did to Tex Walker. Now, I don't know if it was deliberate or not, but I saw that thought, shit, she's, she's on, she's on board with this. She's 100% <laughs> on board with this. This is fantastic. She's a fucking gangster, man. She, 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 if you think that was, uh, like, just random, there was no random about that, mate. She's a fucking gangster. Stone cold <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> she stared him gangster? down. It was hilarious. He just eyeballed him. It was so good. Uh, the yeah. best gangster is our very own CB17. All right. Gangster CB, mate. Talk about Kevin Sheedy for me, mate. Get me excited. Now, I, I, I just want Justin. So what ha- normally happens is when I get introduced, there's an element yeah. of people out there that want me to just go off my dial and spray people. Right. And I discussed this with Michael today. Just quickly, I said, look, I was going to have a shot at Kevin, but I thought we won the grand final. He can get stuck. He's not even worth my time on a rant. But I'll just say this. <laughs> I wasn't. The, I'm not the only bloke who's mid forties and older that was absolutely personally disgusted that Sheedy was wearing GWS bloody clothes, presenting that cup. It was disgusting, and I'm off him. I've been off him for a few years. He used the club during contract negotiations, things like that. Mate, he is dead to me as a Richmond person. That was probably the final nail. <laughs> He's just a bloke that coached Essendon. Um, he was a normal GWS coach. Uh, I, I don't want to. I don't ever want to see that prick in Richmond colours ever again. He can be right, Mr. Right. AFL representative. Wow. He can be whatever he wants. I don't want him anywhere near our club. Amen, brother. Keep it up. That's it. That's how you feel, bro. The role is reverse. Usually, I, you're I, the one I, getting wound up. I, but. I can't. I can't get as I can't get as emotional as that about it because uh, I look. I, I do. I do have respect for, for Sheeds, and I've got a bit of history with Sheeds, so I can't go that far. But what I will say, I thought he was a bit out of line, and I think he owes us an apology, was to say that to pick Marlon Pickett uh, was disrespectful for GWS. And I think without, you know, that's just causing trouble and, and shit talk. And if if you really believe that, then, you know, that that's, that's shame on you. Um, and if you did mean it just for tactics, then come out and just say that you said it for tactics. Uh, and, and to you know get some emotion stirred up because he of all people should who has been such a big supporter of indigenous players and and giving people second chances and and things like that um he should he should know better than that and uh damien hardwick and his recruiting staff they that that wasn't a random pick and that wasn't an um you know they agonized over that um but they picked they picked him up in the mid-season draft for a purpose and this purpose arised, and so they played that. They played the weapon that they planned for, and it wasn't. It had nothing to do. Like it had nothing to do with GWS. It, you know, to, to make it about GWS is the height of narcissism. You know, it, it had nothing yeah. to do with them. What we do and who we pick. I mean, it, it's no. It's no more disrespectful than than you playing Davis. 
you know, injured. Like, how disrespectful, you know, you think you can get away with an injured player against us. Fuck you. You know, so that's just how I feel about that. And I, I think that was a bit out of line. But, I mean, I, I can't <laughs> – I mean, it's funny to hear you speak about that, CB. Like, I fucking laugh at it. But um, you know, that's how oh, I feel about it. I'm not, I'm not – <laughs> hey, trust me, I'm not the only one in the outer that feels no, no, that shooting. It's, yeah, it's, no, it's, um, it, it's been a gradual thing. And, uh, Kevin, no <laughs> ticket you. for you. No there's ticket there's for no you. Ticket for Kevin on the uh, Tiger oh, Train. On the Tiger Train, he's, he's been stripped. No ticket. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking posters are up in the train stations. He's never getting. I'm on. feeling you hurt, CB. <laughs> oh, I, I can go on, but I'm gone. <laughs> I've gone full Tiger Seven. I like this. The roles are completely reversed. Usually, it's CB winding up Tiger Seven, and we pre-plan that shit just to get him to fire up, just to get a rise out of him. But this has been really good, Tiger Seven. Well played, mate. Thank you, uh, mate. Get you stuffed. Know. Get stuffed. <laughs> <in 71. laughs> now, controversial opinion: Has Basher Hawley been robbed? two grand finals now for Norm Smith. Like, I know Dusty was good, oh. kicked four goals, but my thing nah. is, when, they, when the nah. heat was on early, Basher was immense when the heat was on. Dusty just like steamrolled them when they were when they gave up, essentially, which is fine. He still oh, that's the goals. selling Dusty's going he was, short, he was, no, he, I'll take that back in parts. He was no good when the pressure you, was on. Too. <laughs> no, but my ticket's gone you. as well. But I, I just <laughs> Kevin thought... Kevin Sheedy, Kevin Sheedy, you're dead to me, Michael. <laughs> Oh, no, I'm going to get run over here and show. Make it be wound up, mate. <laughs> but I thought Bash's pressure early on was just incredible. His tackling pressure, his aerial presence, uh, and his ability to, to generate that run off the half-back line, I thought was really pivotal in keeping us not in the game. We went out of the game, but he really sort of got things going for us. Look, he did, but and I'm not taking anything away from his game, right? But equally, you know, someone that we were talking about people going unnoticed, Short's game was brilliant. He, for me, really stood up as well. He created as much drive and run and carry, in my personal opinion, particularly in the first first quarter and a half, that's all he did. Um, but, um, yeah, Hooley's just – we give him one-year contracts. He, he will take that. He's just, As a bloke, for what he does on the football field and what he does off the field, I just give credit to the guy. Um and it's now permeated because people used to think, oh, he's just putting this on or, you know, the rednecks would say redneck things. But now they're saying he's fairly a genuine, fantastic bloke. You know, he really is community conscious. It speaks volume for him. And what I love about it, Essendon traded him for nothing, got rid of him for nothing. And a person like that would not be in love with the club as much as he is if we weren't genuine. Um, yeah, I, I love Hawley, but no, there's no way that, he got robbed. Dusty, Dusty was, it was Dusty's day. He was, particularly when the heat was on, when, when he scored the goal, the first goal of the second quarter, didn't he? I think. And then he put it to bed at the end of the second. Um, yeah. Nah. Dusty was a jet. Look, look, you know what? Here's the thing. Um, if you, and, and make no mistake, I am, I am, Bash is my man. He's my motherfucker. Don't worry about that. He, he is, he is, stone cold back there in defense and he's been resolute all season long um i thought there was a case in 2017 that you could be you could make and i still thought it was dusty like no matter when you really watch that game over and over and over again as i have the more in love with dusty and that 2017 best on ground and 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 the more i feel the guys got it right watching it firsthand i thought there was a case for basher um but Dusty, if, if you if you isolate like Dusty's touches, um, and and play them back to back, every touch that he had, I mean, it is just extra. I mean, I just feel so blessed, and 
you know, I, I wrote to Ralph Carr, um, you know, this week just on thank you, Ralph, for doing the right thing by the kid and the club. And, you know, you, you've you've done us all a great service and I'm really grateful to you for keeping him at Richmond because he is just a special, special player. I mean, he his fend-offs on the weekend were like a pile driver. They, they actually sent guys flying backwards. Um, he, he is just an exceptional, exceptional player. I mean, there was a poll on uh, Twitter the other. Uh, I think Davy, Davy put a, a poll. Do you love Dusty as much as your wife? And uh, I was a no, but only just. Um, <laughs> Wouldn't have been. You can come in and share. But, uh... can, can, can I just say my, my favourite moment of the dust? My favourite Dusty moment of the grand final, apart from passing to Marlon. Was that one where we we we've knocked the ball forward in the second quarter, and Dusty's just read the ball about two seconds ahead of his opponent, didn't even body him, just got out yeah. the back. Yeah, and so like, yeah. that was a great, great goal. I lost, I lost so, the shit that's, when he came yeah, that. it's, <laughs> it's almost like he, he's like a six foot two Wayne Carey at times. He's so clever like that, and that's how Wayne Carey used to play as well. Like he'd he'd use brute force if he had to. Uh, but if he didn't had to, it, you know, he was just so in tune with the game and was just able to sort of fake him forward and, like, imitate he was going to go yep. with him and then just s- snuck out the back, read the bounce better. And I agree with you, man. That was just such a glorious goal. I just loved his last goal. You, um, when he kicked his last goal and he's got the jumper in his hands and his emotion, he's just yelling um, top of his lungs. And it just showed how much it means to him that the team gets the success um, not just himself. He's a, he's a he's. We're very fortunate. We've got like you got your. I'm not saying he's a Wayne Carey level yet. He needs a couple of more years. But you've got your Dangerfield, your Fife. They're all great players. Um, what separates Dusty is you can't really sit there and say Dangerfield and Fife scream team. You know, team first. Dusty does. He's we've got a Maverick who can do special things like a Carey, but it's all about the team, not his personal glory and. I just fucking rapped. And also, just to not undersell, Shane Martin, um, if it wasn't for him, Dusty wouldn't be in yellow and black if we're just talking about the first contract. I know that is a fact. Um, after that, Ralph has been great, but Shane Martin is the one that made sure that Ralph did the right thing in his first contract. So thank you, Shane. Hopefully New Zealanders can hear this. No, we should, be able to, we should be able to. Uh, what about Josh Caddy's game? He's kind of had to evolve himself into a new role. He played a few games in the VFL and... Uh, oh, I really done. love the way he's going about it. He's just a tough, uncompromising football. He had 19 disposals, 8 marks, 6 tackles, 9 contested possessions, 4 score involvements, uh, and 2 goal assists. He, he's just a perfect link-up man, uh, and he's dangerous around goal too. I think he's he's really sort of come of age now. And he swallowed he's really his pride. He's yeah, the richer man. He's, he's really... Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. No, no. I was just going to say, I'm so proud of him... Uh, to go back to the twos when clearly I, I felt, you know, in Dimmer we trust um, and that, you know, we're going through that period of, uh, you know, unrest and I feel he's in our best 22. They've dropped him back to learn a role. He's gone back without batting an eyelid. Not only has he learnt the role that they want him to play, but he's added to it um, because of what you said or what you started to say before I rudely cut you off there, Tiger 71. Sorry, buddy. But he he's... Uh, you know, he, he brings that attacking mindset on top of the role that he was asked to play. And his creativity, uh, he's, I just love the bloke. I'm so proud of him. I, I, I love the fact that he's a Tiger. Um, and uh, I, I just, I'm so proud of the way he went about 
uh, learning the new role um, and just accepting it. And it's it, the epitome of being a tiger. So yeah. Richmond man. He's a Richmond man, 100%. Richmond man. Because, look, he's always had that allure, um, aura of being a little bit of a flog, you know, me, me, me. Uh, even though, and I love him, right? But he does, right? You know, me, me, me. Um, but um, I've seen real growth in him in the past 24 months. And, and this year, I was just so fucking wrapped. When you didn't hear yeah. poop from him, he got demoted. He worked his ass off in the VFL, got a handle of what the coaches wanted. And, would, and the reason he's added himself to it because he's brought in. Like, and that's like everyone hears about Richmond, they all buy in. He just brought in. And he's going to get the rewards. Dual Premiership player, mate. Mate, fucking well, great. Yeah, plenty of First and foremost, he's just a genuine hard bastard. He yeah. doesn't take a backward step. He, when he when it's time to go, he goes. And that's yeah, what yeah. I love about him. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's, um, he's one of them. He's, he, he's, he, he has got genuine. He's got genuine courage and eyes for the ball, and he's also quick to fucking tell you if you don't. Right, and yep. and if you're gonna if you're gonna go the knuckle, he's gonna fucking sort you out. So oh, yeah. I, I really I, I dig that in him. Um, and uh, you know he he's he's very high in my estimations. I'm so proud he's a tiger. Yeah, Kane Lambert, uh, what a story he's been as well. He's one of our most important players. I think he's one of those players that you don't kind of notice his impact on the team until you don't have him playing. So when he's, yeah. when the games he doesn't play, you think shit, we could have really used his run and carry and his you know his creativity. But he had another super game. He just always finds a way to score a goal in those big games, doesn't he? He's just had another super year, um, and I'm so wrapped that we, you know, took the punt to put him on the list. Was that you giggling, CB? No, it's my daughter, Millie. <laughs> oh, I know, I'm taking the piss out of CB. Sounds exactly like him. Um, oh, you know, here we go. Yeah, it sounds exactly like him. Uh, no, fantastic. Um, no, I agree with you, man. I 100% agree with you. I can't add any more. It's spot on. I just love. I've got something to add. I I just um, once again reward for effort. You know, he got that goal. uh, (laughs) Hey, Millie, stop it! Uh, He he (laughs) welcome to the show. Goal as reward for effort. Um, You know, talk about he's the epitome of what what we talk about. Mm. How Richmond recruit players. Um, He's got speed and endurance, and he's high, just high quality, and uh, a really good finisher. And I, I just that was a highlight for me too. That that reward for effort uh, to kick that goal. Um, and he's just been a massive contributor to Richmond's season this year. It's just been a, a phenomenal effort by the boy. And once again, <laughs> so proud that uh, he's a Tiger, man. And CB, what about Toby Dan Curvis? I know the jury was out a little bit on him in the first couple of finals that his output wasn't as good as we as we would have liked. We obviously were always going to persist with that dual-ruck combination. But to, uh, to churn out 17 touches, 5 marks, 3 tackles, 22 hitouts, um, 8 contested possessions and 3 clearances, that's a pretty well-rounded game from Toby Dan Curvis as a ruckman. Well, this is, this is where when Mumford was talking his smack talk during the week, I was sort of like, have they not seen Toby Nankervis play the game? If ever there was a bloke that was um, not going to take a backward step, um, Toby's your man. But I'll go ahead a great game, but I'll go. I'm just looking at the stoppage numbers. Who, who's our stoppage coach? Oh, it's the um, St Kilda. Everyone was saying yeah, it was okay. a hack. McQualter. Yeah. We, were, we yep. were a little bit critical of him mid year. There's a bit of criticism around it. But I'll just give you the numbers around the stoppages. So hit outs, we rolled GWS 42 to 18. Clearances, we rolled them 35 to 32. Centre clearances, we nutted them 11 to 8. And stoppage clearances, 24 apiece. So the work 
the, the effort and work that even Bigger Barn Soldo brought to the midfield group, particularly in that final series, was just first rate. And and as you know, Toby Toby's worth the, uh, he's worth his weight in gold at, at ground level. Once that ball hits the ground, he's like an extra on baller. He really uses his frame to clear paths for our blokes to go forward. And he doesn't mind um, shaking up the on-ballers as well, the opposition on-ballers with a nice hard tackle. So he was exceptional. But that overall midfield group and the way they were coached was um, superb. And Soldo was good as I'm glad you touched on him. I mean, he only had the seven touches, but 20 hit-outs. The the thing that's impressed me about Soldo in the last four games has been his marking ability. I think that's really come of age, especially under pressure, going back with the flight of the ball and taking those really nice marks um, at, at key parts of the ground. And I think they've been it's been a really big string added to his bow. And then to kick that goal as well, that was just a really special moment for him. 100%. Look, I, I, so this is right in my pocket here, so we're talking about the rucks. And I just thought um, coming into the game and there was, you know, chatter on Twitter, which is white noise to me about, do we play two rucks? Well, fucking of course we do. <laughs> Um, you know, the form of the two guys coming in, and I think this is where um, this is where the season, each season is different. You know, the personality of each team, uh, of each season is different. And uh, the form of guys waxes and wanes and, and how things, how you plan them to be may not be where you end up. Um, and I, I feel maybe at the start of the year and, and maybe, you know, in 2017, 2018, um, that we, we weren't able to or we didn't have the manpower or the talent to play two rucks. But I think two rucks now, I mean, we didn't miss a beat. And, and wasn't it, wasn't it, didn't we win that position? And we've won that position for 13 weeks. Um, yep. I, I, I just thought, you know, that the two rucks, it, it was, it was, it, and particularly, I, I loved the way Nank was, he was getting right over the top. Uh, of uh, of Mumford in the end, um, really jumping right up like half a body higher. As was Soldo, by the way. I thought their ruck work was just excellent, but Soldo's marking. Um, I, I, I just I was just so in love with how our big ruckman played, and and two ruckman is a thing for us now currently, and I think it will be going forward because we've got such talent in the ruck, and I think there's. Not only do we have the talent in the ruck, but we've got so many different permutations with CCJ. We've got Chol, yep. you know, even Bolter at a pinch. Um, it, it's just so exciting in terms of uh, you know ruck stocks at the moment. So it's and a thing. The, the last thing. two players we've got to mention is uh, Shy Bolton playing in his first grand final. Didn't look out of place at all. Uh, finally got the goal that he, I think he deserved. He had two clearances, four tackles, three marks, eleven disposals. The moment for him, I think, was it might have been the second quarter. I think I was just watching it before we come on, uh, when there was like a, a loose ball th- sort of rolling through the middle of the ground, and he just come flying through at a million miles an hour, picked it up with no regards for his own safety, copped a bump and fired the handball out to Pickett, who got the ball inside fifty. Yeah, um, yeah I remember just, that. His attack on the ball, I think that that's been his knock a little bit in his earlier years was he wasn't sort of as hard as the contest and wasn't defensive minded, but he's really taken all that on board by the coaches and he's turning into such an important player for us. But if he can build his tank, sorry, Sabi, if he builds his tank, this is if for me, I reckon he's an ideal winger. He's small, but he's fast. If he can build that endurance side of his game, because he's got that X factor, he's a winger that can push into the center and then go out and do the running. Um, and he's, he's smart. He, he reads his footy IQ is off the roof. He knows 
where the ball's going to go before it goes, and he knows where to kick it. Normally, when he kicks it inside 50, it, it becomes a goal. Um, he's Yeah, I'd love for him to be in the ring because that would give him his freedom he needs to create. Um, no, I love Shy. But please tell me the last player is Baker. It or is. Have you guys played nah, about him? Nah, Liam nah. Baker. Oh. So, I was just going to so, say, I was say on, um, on um, the, the young fella, Shy Bolton, we, we applaud Josh Caddy for going back and working on his game. Well, Shy Bolton was another one where, you know, he had some clear deficiencies in his game and he's worked bloody hard and now he's a premiership player and yeah, he's yeah, a very deserving too. premiership player. But he's, I, he's ceiling. I, yeah, look, you're right. Uh, all of, and I think you've hit it on the head, Tiger71. I think he, his endurance and... Um, now it's hard to know whether it's whether that's endurance or he's lazy, um, or, or when I say lazy, I mean could work harder, right? Could work harder the contest. I, I I'm a hundred percent agreeing with you. I think his his creativity, his speed, and his just unpredictable nature. Like when he, he's got feet like ticker tapes, right? He just he's so quick and so agile and so nimble. Um, it just gives him so many options. He's hard to he's hard to read and hard to stop. But his creativity, his vision, like how how many how many scoring involvements does he have? How many how many assists does he have? Um, he's so creative. Um, I agree with you. I think a wing is a good position for him. But what I noticed on the weekend and what I just loved was his closing speed and his pressure. Um, you know, like it seems like he's 50 metres away and you've got the ball and you think you're in the clear and he'll just close in on you. You know, you've got one second before he's, it feels like you've, he's able to close that distance really quickly and put that kick under the under pressure. His defensive pressure was absolutely amazing. Yeah. No, it definitely no, was. No, 100%. You notice that he's sometimes the last or the, the highest player in our forward press. So when they're chipping it around the back line, trying to switch it, he's that guy running mm. from player to player to make sure he can stand the mark, to hold him up That's so right. everyone else can get That's across the ground and, and do their thing. So right. he does a lot of unrewarded running sometimes, but it might look that way. But um, from a team perspective, yeah, if he doesn't get there, the other team's away. So credit to him. And uh, young Liam uh, and Baker. That, and, that's, and that's what... Well, just, just before, so when I say, like, I think his defensive pressure is good enough. I'm, I'm saying, like, his his uh, his work rate to get to the the bottom of the pack when Jack and Tom are going for the ball. Yeah. Um, that's that's what we're talking about. Yeah. So. And Liam Baker, uh, what a oh, what a story he's as well. He's sort of kind of not come from nowhere, but it might appear that way if you're from the outside looking in. Uh, I thought he actually got a lot better as the finals went on, adjusting to a new role. I mean, I'm not sure whether he would have played as a small defender any time in his junior career. I'm tipping he was maybe forward or midfield, but um, he, his work that he's done, the the courage he displays on the big stage was just first class. Oh, you know that saying, hard as a cat's head? That's him. <laughs> oh, that's that's Baker, mate. That's ba- Sorry, my dog. <laughs> my, sorry. Shut up, Caesar. Um, yeah, no, um, hard as a cat's head. What I loved when he got hit by Cameron and um, he just bounced up. So my dog wants you to take him for a walk. Soon, short, <laughs> 10 minutes. All right. I don't know if anyone listening has got an English staff. They're fucking intelligent as. I tell you what, he knows my time at 9 o'clock normally is when I walk him. Um, and he knows it's coming up, but I haven't put the lead on him yet. So, okay, anyway, back on point. Baker, yes. Um, 
Yeah, look, I, just... but look I, I think you're right. I think since they switched him into the back line, I think he's found another leg. You know, sometimes some players, um, to play in the forward line uh, is is tricky. You know, um, you, you know, you, you, you throw someone into the back line after struggling in the forward line, and all of a sudden now they're running straight lines directly towards goal, and I think that really suits him. Because, um, gee whiz, I mean, the way his attack on the footy uh and he's like he tends to give away a rough free kick every now and again but it's just from his sheer attack on the footy and his sheer desire to lock that ball in and um i think he's really um you know he's really made a difference and he's really becoming one of those elite you know half backs small backs um really creative too but his attack on the footy is just second and none i mean yeah. just unbelievable what he's been able to achieve this year I reckon he might have gone close to best on ground in the after party as well. He seems the kind of oh, guy who's a bit that, of a yeah. loose unit. I reckon he'd give it a fair crack. Yeah, no, I heard the same thing. But you know what's great? All these kids were talking about Shy, Baker, Marlon Pickett. They've all got so much upside. You know, get two more pre-seasons into them. They're going to be a lot better than they were on Saturday. So we've got so much scope for internal improvement. It's great. Uh, we also had the Jack Dye medal last night, which we'll touch on quickly. Um, I'll go through the top five. So Dion Presti obviously won the award on 91 votes. I thought that was very well deserved. Shane Edwards came second. Dylan Grimes third. Nick Floston fourth. And Tom Lynch came fifth. Um, I think the most impressive thing about that, that top five is it doesn't contain a Cotron, a Dusty, a Jack Rewalt. It just shows how far we've come as a team. And, and Dion Presti, as I mentioned just before, but... His year has been just sensational. The way that he has sort of built himself into this player um, after getting a full pre-season under his belt. I know you were really big on that TIG 71 for a long time with all the episodes we've done together. That's always been your your mantra that once he had a full pre-season, you, we would see why yep. that pick six was worth it. And we've absolutely seen it and he's paid us back in spades. And even just to see him accept the award and the emotion he was showing and how much it meant to him to win that kind of award, even though it's a team sport and he's obviously wrapped, we won the flag, but I think it just really validated for himself how hard he's worked and it's just a good bit of reward for effort. Oh, he's great. What I love best about him too is in the off-season, he blows out. Like, I mean, he, he puts on an extra 10 kilos, but he, he works it all off before training. He's just a top Who? kid. Um, Prestia, if you see him in the off-season, mate, watch his gut. It will go out as big as mine. Um <laughs> But then he works it off. His dad works at Epping Fruit Market and um, great family, great culture. Um, he's a heart and soul player. Like, he'll he'll stay with us till he retires. Uh, he's just brilliant. Yeah, awesome stuff. The, the only thing I – look, um, I was rapt to see uh, Tom Lynch, you know, finish in the top five. I, you know, he's been spectacular. I loved some of the stats that they were reeling off about him. Most marks inside 50 – contested marks number one tackles inside 50 number one you know that just tells me just how and and just watching him week in week out how he's bought into the tiger ethos and uh and and what he's bought you know with his talent and and he's you know like his his um his willingness to sacrifice and understand it's not all about him um playing hurt all of that um just super the only thing about the count that i was a bit disappointed i thought dusty would have finished top five I probably would have had him, you know, I would have had him second myself. Just I thought Basham might have able... finished higher as well. Yeah, I, I, I thought Dusty for sure would have finished second. But um, just goes to show what the, what the you know, 
uh, the coaching staff and the selectors are looking for. Yeah, absolutely. All right, before we go, uh, Tix, everyone, did you have any quick updates on the crowd situation? Um, I better be quick because my dog's giving me that. Oh, it's, it's, it's all right. That's it. All right. Oh, can you, all right. Yeah. Okay. I'll get this through quick. Um, Alice obviously happened. He's yeah. Liam, take him. Take him. Take him. I'll take him for a walk in a sec. Take him. Um, yeah. So Alice, yeah, we all know he's gone. I reckon it'll be pick nineteen. We'll get from him or whatever that push down pick it becomes. Um, Brad Crouch, um, I mentioned Crouch two years ago. Now one's going back. Crouch is coming out. Da da da. I don't think he's going to come. My gut's telling me. My mate, who I had um, lunch with um, today, is that we're getting told mixed messages, and we're to we're not interested in those type of games. We, we've got interest for him. We've got a good offer that we, we could provide for him um, if he came across. But it's really success over money, and the feeling is is that the dollar signs are that large that he won't. He'll go. So. Um, the reading of the tea leaves is that he'll most likely be in Gold Coast. Um, but then my mate said he wouldn't be surprised if he does a backflip, but it's still early, too early to tell because she can change. Um, I think we're going to be quiet, to be honest with you. There's another target in Port Adelaide. If we can shake the tree, maybe get something loose. But outside of that, mate, it's um, just go back to the draft, improve what we've got internally, um, and, um, yeah, continue going forward. Carry on, That's what but... it looks like. Fair enough, mate. No, it's uh, all good news to hear. All right, well, we'll let you go, Tix, everyone, because your dog's about to chew your leg off if you don't. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> you don't dog, No, that's all right. He's, a, he's inside. He's a beautiful English English staff. He's, I, I love him to death, but he's like my wife. Sometimes he'll be a pain in the ass a bit too loud. Um, no, oh, shit, hopefully she would hear me say that. <laughs> all right, no, guys, have a good one. I appreciate your now. time going on, guys. No, you can duck off, Tix, everyone. Oh, the- yes, you know what? Next podcast in the new year. When we do a pre-season podcast, I'll um, upload videos of it to you, um, <laughs> Michaels, and then you can do like those little dots to cover the, the new year. Oh, the videos, pixelated, you know yeah, I mean? okay. And, uh, pixelated well, dots. Won't we'll, need we'll many of those. I wouldn't have thought to pixelate you, but that, yeah, all right, we'll, we'll yeah, do that. Um, well, that's very nice. Um, <laughs> we just, if I don't get to do this again before Christmas, every, and a new year, you guys and everyone that's listening, have a great and safe new year. Um, may it be joyous, and we're fucking premiers. Absolutely, nothing can go wrong till the first bounce, life, and nothing can go life. wrong next year either because we'll be fucking raining premiers. That's the beauty of it. Yes. So, um, that... all right. Uh, well, nice... enjoy walking the dog to seventy one. Um, and to Captain Blood seventeen, welcome back to the country, mate. And uh, I'm glad you're back for the grand final. Could join us for this show. So thanks for your time tonight. My pleasure, mate. My pleasure. And I'm sure, no doubt, we'll get you back on down the track as well for something or whatever else we decide to do. Uh, and Justin Charles, a massive shout out to you and thanks for joining us on all these final series podcasts. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Uh, the feedback we've received with your insights has been extremely positive. Everyone's loved hearing your thoughts, uh, especially because they all sort of come true even better, especially when you're calling <laughs> 60 point plus margins in a grand final. Uh, at the time, it's like, what could possibly go wrong? But no, you were bang on the money uh, and everyone, yeah, everyone's really loved your insights. So you're more than welcome back at any time to come onto the show. But uh, thanks for your time again, mate. Uh, the pleasure's all mine, Chris. Thank you so much for having me on. And uh, I've really appreciated the uh, I mean, I'll give my opinion who, whether you want it or not, <laughs> and, uh, but I've appreciated the platform, mate. So thank you so much. And thank you, guys. Thanks for, thanks for taking part as well. It's been a pleasure working with everybody and um, looking forward to seeing you uh, very soon, hopefully. Absolutely. No dramas at all. All right, guys. Thank you so much again. And 
for one last time. We are the premiers for 2019 and we'll be for the whole of 2020 and uh, until September and hopefully we can do it all again. Go Tigers. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Richmond Big Footy Tiger Cast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and YouTube so you can follow all the roasts and toasts, the reviews and previews, and all topics Richmond. Also, keep an ear out for our special episodes of interviews with past players. Go, Tigers.